we're going to turn now to Psalm 124. We're going to look at the, the what-ifs of life. And, you know, it's really, it's really natural, um, I think, to ask what-if questions about the future. You know, a lot of young people, they ask, well, what, what if I go to college? What if I don't go to college? What if I major in this? What if I don't major in this? Um, even, even adults, right? If, what if I take that job promotion? What if I move to Alaska or Japan? Or what if we, there's all these what ifs that we often ask ourselves as it relates to the future. But we also sometimes ask what if questions as it relates to the past. Sometimes that's actually an unhealthy thing to do, right? What if I would have married my high school sweetheart? What if I would have ended up with my college sweetheart? What if I would have majored in something different? What if I uh, what if I had never gotten married? What if I had gone to college? What if I hadn't gone to college? What if I had gone to the mission field? You know, I had an opportunity when I was 20 years old to go to the mission field, and I didn't take the opportunity, and I thought uh, the Lord had given up on me uh, in terms of ministry because I didn't take that opportunity. But you, we've got all these what-ifs. We look at our, our path. You know, what if we had gone into a different career field? I always joke with my kids, you know, I should have been a truck driver I should have been a, an airline pilot. I should have been an attorney. Like, what if all of these different career moves? And so we, we, we ask these what if questions um, all the time. But what's really fascinating this morning as we get into Psalm 124, the psalmist is going to ask a different kind of what if question. In fact, he, he's going to take a, a different angle on thankfulness than what we typically take when we're thinking through why we're thankful for. In fact, what the psalmist is going to say is, uh, in, in, in kind of just summary form, it's God is for you. And we know that from Romans 8, right? The believer in Jesus Christ, God is for you. In fact, if he did not spare his own son who died for your sins and rose again, who paid the very penalty you and I deserve to pay, if he did not spare him, how could he not freely with him also give you all things? God's for you. But here's the question that the psalmist is going to consider this morning. What if he wasn't? What if God wasn't for you? What do you think your life would look like? What do you, what do you think circumstantially your life would look like today if God was not for you? This is what the psalmist is going to ask this morning. And so as we get into Psalm 124, it's uh, contextually, it's in this uh, grouping of psalms known as ascent psalms, where the, the nation of Israel, the corporate group, they would reflect um, on the Lord, his character. And in this particular psalm, what they're going to reflect on is the possible and real disasters that could have happened to them if the Lord was not for them. It's a totally different approach to, to thankfulness to say, what if God wasn't for you? What if God wasn't near you? What if God wasn't the caring, intimate, involved God that he is? What if that was true? What would your life look like? This is kind of what the psalmist is going to do. And in verse 1 uh, and verse 2, we're going to see this repetition of this phrase. And let's read that together. If it had not been the Lord who was on our side, let Israel now say, if it had not been the Lord who was on our side. And, and you see David repeating this phrase. He, he wants this to get into their thinking. He wants them to understand that, that you know, there's, this is an attention grabber. 
In fact, he, he says it once, and then what does he say? Now you say it with me. And you've seen people do that when they want you to repeat something. Why are they doing that? They want it to be emphasized in your thinking. They want it to stand out in your mind. Literally what David says is, is the Lord is toward them. I liked what Andy was saying earlier. The Lord stoops, he condescends, he listens. The Lord is toward them. The Lord leans close to them. That's what this phrase means, that if the Lord who was on, uh, was on our side, that's what that phrase means. There's also an interesting observation as you get into the Hebrew of this phrase. It's actually the past tense version of Emmanuel. God has been with you. God is with you. He has been with you. That's the emphasis here for the nation of Israel. And because the Lord is close to them, because the Lord is with them, because the Lord is near them, he's interested in them, what David is going to say is that many bad things that could have happened didn't happen. That's his whole argument here. What if the Lord had not been on our side? Well, let me tell you what if the Lord had not been on our side. Let me tell you what, it, what life would be like if the Lord was not for you that we learn the scriptures teach. And he wants them to repeat it. Now, again, why do you have someone repeat it? Well, it, you know, some, some would say it's just to be annoying. You know, it's like, okay, I heard you the first time. You don't have to repeat it. But oftentimes we, we have people verbalize things. Sometimes we do that with our kids, right? We're like, okay, I know you heard me. I think I know you understood me, but can you at least just repeat it back to me so that I know you got it? Sometimes it's that verbalizing that makes you realize that someone actually got it. And I think it served for two purposes here. David, it was going to be a personal encouragement and reminder to themselves as they're walking up to Jerusalem to remind themselves that God is with us. And what if he hadn't been? We'd be in a lot of trouble. But also a personal encouragement and reminder to the neighbors. Because as you hear your neighbors say something, you're reminded of the truth as well. And so there's all of this reasoning going on behind, I think, David starting the psalm this way. So by the way, what would happen to them if the Lord was not near them? Well, we're about to read about that. What if God was not on their side? Go with me to uh, the end of verse 2. We'll pick up a couple of things here. Uh, in summary, it wouldn't be pretty. Let me, just say, let me just say it that way. If God was not for you, what would your life look like? I don't know, but it wouldn't be pretty. It wouldn't be pretty at all. It would be very uh, disheartening in so many ways. This is exactly what the psalmist is going to say about the nation of Israel. He said, when men rose up against us, then they would have swallowed us alive. And so it speaks specifically of Israel's enemies surrounding them in their land. And again, if God had not been on their side, what would have happened? They'd be overthrown. They'd be overthrown. And you look at the history of the nation of Israel and how many times did God intervene? How many times did God protect them? Even oftentimes when they didn't deserve it. It's just their time of judgment wasn't, wasn't at hand yet. And so this is what would have happened to Israel. The men would have risen up against them and they would have been swallowed alive time after time. But guess what? The Lord is on their side. So it didn't happen that way. We go on in verses three through five. We see uh, the pretty picture, the, the ugly pictures continue to be paint, painted. It says, when their wrath was kindled against us, then the waters would have overwhelmed us. The stream would have gone over our soul, and then the swollen waters would have gone over our soul. Again, it's just 
illustrative language that, that Jerusalem, if God was not on their side, if God was not with them, they would be overwhelmed. They would be conquered and they'd be in big trouble. And the psalmist is recognizing this. And again, you don't, all, you don't have to look too hard at the nation of Israel's history. There were nations always coming against the nation of Israel, trying to bury them, trying to put them under, trying to take over. And yet God would intervene on their behalf over and over again. And so that takes us through verse five. That describes what if God was not on their side. And then you've got really the, the linchpin of the psalm, and that's found in verse six. And what we have is this divine reminder. You know what? What if the Lord wasn't on our side? All these bad things would happen, but guess what? He is on your side. Guess what? He is to be blessed. Guess what? He is to be praised. And this is what we're going to see in verse six. And, and in verse six, the, the what if question becomes now, but remember. What if this? What if this? What if this? And now it's, you know what? But remember. And it's just like God to do this because he does it all throughout scripture is you've got a mathematical equation that should lead to a certain end. And then you put God into the equation and all bets are off. And that's exactly what he's going to do here. God gets introduced into the equation. Everything changes for the better. That's the same with salvation, right? You're dead in trespasses and sins, but God has made you alive together with Christ. When you put God into the equation, all bets are off. And that's exactly what we're going to see here in Psalm 124.6. We're going to read in these two verses, Blessed be the Lord, who has not given us his prey to their teeth. Our soul has escaped as a bird from the snare of the fowlers. The snare is broken, and we have escaped. This word blessed communicates favorable words upon someone, that the goal that they would experience favorable circumstances is a way of simply saying, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, he is on our side. Praise the Lord, he has protected us, and he, what, will continue to protect us. This is the cry of the nation of Israel. And he says this, that he has not given us as prey to their teeth. God protects Israel even when they don't realize. In fact, by the time you realized, the nation realized that they were prey to their enemy's teeth, that's a little too late. When you're in the mouth of the lion, it's a little too late to be saved. It's, you know, lights out, it's over kind of deal. And what he's saying is there were times that, that there was someone praying after them and we never even made it to their teeth. God somehow intervened and prevented that. And they had never been eaten alive by an enemy in that way. And then he goes on to say, our soul has escaped as a bird from the snare of the fowlers. The snare is broken and we have escaped. And so we see God not only protected them from uh, vicious animals represented by these nations, but also he had protected them from potential traps. You know, uh, uh, imagine, uh, you know, this, this image of an animal walking around and someone is looking out for them, preventing them from stepping into traps. They're all over the place. And, this, and someone's out there going, no, 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 go this way, go this way, come back over here, slow down, go, go left. This is exactly what it's pictured here for the nation of Israel so that Israel wouldn't be caught in these traps. And this is how God intervenes and steps in for them. And then we move on to verse eight. And we've got this big time helper. Our help, verse eight says, is in the name of the Lord who made heaven and earth. And, I, and Elaine actually quoted this verse when she was sharing earlier 
This is exactly what the Lord does. Uh, our help means he's a helper. He's an assistant. He's one who assists. He serves uh, another with what is needed. And ultimately, God is who he is. This is what's great about the scriptures. It, oftentimes, it'll describe God as doing something, but oftentimes it will describe God as being something. And this is a really interesting phrase because he is saying he is our helper. He is a helper. And this is what's so amazing about who he is. It's because of who he is. That's the reason he intervenes. It's because of who he is, because he remains close. It's because of who he is that he is for us. How could you be for a bunch of failures who do nothing but let you down on a consistent basis? How can you do it? It's on the basis of his character. It's on the basis of what Jesus Christ accomplished for you, that God can remain for you, even when oftentimes you're not even for yourself. You feel like burying yourself and beating yourself up. Well, by the grace of God, he never feels that way toward you. And this is what's so beautiful about our God. And, and oh, by the way, and I love this last phrase, your helper's not some weak, impotent guy that just has got a big mouth and can't back it up, right? Your God, as verse eight says, he is our helper. And guess what? He's the one who made heaven and earth. If you wanted anyone to be your helper, if you wanted anyone to be your powerful, step in, do it for you, what you couldn't do for yourself, it's the God of the universe. That's your helper. And see, it's good news to think, what if my life uh, had not, uh, what if in my life God was not for me? What if in my life God was not near to me? Have you ever considered, by the way, where your life would be? Had you not made a decision to put your faith in Christ or not made a decision along the way to respond to truth in the word of God? or just decided you were just going to go do your own thing, you're going to leave God behind. You ever thought about what your life might look like if you did that? You ever thought about where you would end up if the Word of God had not shaped your thinking at some level in your life, where you would be today? I, again, I don't know. I couldn't predict. I just know it wouldn't be pretty. It would, it would be a lot more ugly than whatever it is right now. I can guarantee you that. And one of the things that we've got to understand is the Lord is for you. And that in and of itself is a reminder for something that you can be thankful for this holiday season. Let's close there with a word of prayer. Lord, we just, um, we just rejoice. You're, you're so good to us and we don't deserve it. We are reminded of that almost on a weekly, daily basis, um, Lord, and yet you have determined to love us. You have determined and are committed to caring for us and being near us and being engaged in our life. And Lord, we don't deserve it. We are grateful. We love you. We want to think during this season uh, about the what ifs. What if you weren't on our side? What would our lives look like? And, and as a result, be thankful for the very care and, and concern and interest that you show uh, in each one of our lives. We're so grateful, Lord, and it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.